I'm going to give just a moment for Ed to take a breath. He was sitting there reading the scripture going, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? We had, um, fortunately, a baptism of twins, as well as uh, receiving new members at the 1010 service. So I apologize for walking in. But when my wife meets me in the hallway with a bottle of water, you're going. (laughs) Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Beginning of verse 13. Where Mark writes. Then they sent to him some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in what he said. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and show deference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you putting me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me see it. And they brought one. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Jesus said to them, Give to the emperor those things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's April 15th. And I'll just tell you, typically this is not my favorite day of the year. Now today, it falls on a Sunday. That makes it a little more palatable. A little easier to be able to get through, but I I don't know why. I just dread this every year, this having to get your taxes ready, get everything done. And well, we United Methodist clergy, we're kind of a strange, peculiar tax group anyway. I mean, for example, we are listed as employees because the bishop can tell us where to go, when to go, the discipline lays out our job description, so there is some direction, but at the same time, we're considered self-employed for tax purposes. So we get this beautiful W-2, but with zero withholdings. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen, and after this sermon, I'll probably be audited. But, but, I mean, it's just one of the oddest kind of things because, well, we have to pay those quarterly estimated taxes. And, and, and wow, we get so nervous about those, you know, making, making sure, you know, are you estimating enough where there won't be a penalty? And are you, you know, but you won't want to do too much to where there's so much extra money that you put in there and trying to find that, that balance of what you do. And, and it makes me nervous when, I, when we were younger and, and we had, you know, our children were small and, and there was very little extra money. 
the quarters, the, the months that we had to pay the taxes, we called those beanie weenie months. Uh, I got to pay the taxes this month. It's beanie weenie month. You know, don't even think about going out to eat. Don't think about this. Don't think about that. It's going to be a tough month. Well, now you know I'm I'm so type A and 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 would be stressed about it to the point that that my wife and I and she's just as bad as I am with being type A and and so you know we we now have this this account that we set up to the side and when we get paid you know the tax money goes there it's gone you don't count it when people are at, you know how much money do we have at the end of the month that doesn't count that's gone that's it you know that's it's set aside and fine. And we're meticulous about our money. I mean, if you go to breakfast with me, if you go to lunch with me, you know, you'll see I pull out my ink pen and I mark on the top of the receipt, you know, every, you know, this is for this, this was that, this was a business expense, here's a book, this is a business book, this was a pleasure book, it doesn't count, you know. And I'm pretty meticulous. And then Nancy puts everything, you know, almost every dime in and every dime out goes through Quicken. So at the end of the year, you know, we're able just to, to print out this, detailed cash flow report here's what came in here's what went out here's where it went out and you know we just make sure that everything's pretty close to being you know in the right category we're pretty meticulous i just hate doing it oh to the point that nancy will finally say i need you to tell me now when are we going to sit down and do our taxes oh, okay you know and we we just did it i mean it's time that they're due so we just just did it just did it our son, as you know, is in the United States Army, and, and so one year I actually, we called him up and I said, you go into your commanding officer's office right now and you demand a pay raise because we just funded it. <laughs> and we love our country. I mean, we're very patriotic. I mean, we, we truly do love our country, and our son, as you know, spent two deployment, two year-long deployments, and um, you know, so we, we're very patriotic. We love, I just hate doing taxes. I can't imagine what it would be like to have to do my taxes if it was for an occupying government. And that's what the Hebrew people are having to do. When they come up to Jesus, it's a loaded question. It's more loaded than, than for us to talk about doing our taxes. I mean, the Roman government is occupying Israel. And so when you have to do your taxes there, your taxes are actually going to, to the, the army that's keeping you in check. Do we have to pay our taxes? I mean, it's a, it's a little more loaded question than it is for most of us. It's Jesus' final week. It's Holy Week. And people are plotting to try to get Jesus. And Mark tells us that they sent some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap Jesus. Well, who was the they? Who sent them? Then you have to start a search in the Bible. You know, well, who was it that sent them? And, and you look back at Mark 12, verse 12, and it says, and they wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds. Who's the they? So you keep backing up until you find out. You won't believe who the they is. I found it's chapter 11. It's the chief priest and the scribes and the elders. It's the people who claim to be the children of God that are out to get the Son of God. Amazing. But they are brilliant. Because when they set out this plan to go after Jesus, they sent both Pharisees and Herodians. Now that, I mean, these people are good. 
The Pharisees are the religious people. That word Pharisee means separated ones. They're the people who agreed that they would dot the I's and cross the T's, that they were going to live by the letter of the law. They're going to try to follow every letter of the law of God. They're religious leaders. They're respected leaders. And, and, and so they send the religious leaders and then the Herodians, the political people, the people that are loyal to Herod, the people that just can't wait to go running to Pilate and say, we got him. Look what he did. I mean, these are the people that are loyal to Rome. So, so when you're going to trap Jesus, you send some religious people and you send some political people because that way we're going to get him trapped in a lose-lose. We're going to ask him about taxes. Wow. I mean, they, they are good. They are good. And they start out with compliments. You always know when somebody just really starts out with compliments that you're in trouble. Jim, you know I think the world of you, man. And, and, and we see you as a spiritual leader in the church. And, you know, you've always been faithful to the church. You know when somebody starts laying it on that thick, there is a huge butt coming. However, need to talk to you about this one little thing, which is never a little thing. And they come up to Jesus and notice what they start laying on him. Now we know, Mark's already told us that this is a trap, so we know they're not sincere. And they come up and they say, Jesus, we know you are sincere. And I just, I love that. I mean, think about it. They're coming up to Jesus Knowing they're lying to him, knowing they're setting him up, setting him up to trap him so they can kill him. And the thing they say to Jesus is, you are sincere. While they know deep down, but we are not. I find it interesting that their own words of compliments to Jesus are actually their own critique. Their own conviction. You are sincere. You show no deference to anyone and show no partiality. And listen to this. These are the religious people who sent them. And the Pharisees are part of the group that's against them. And they say, you teach in the way of God in accordance with the truth. But we still don't like you. I mean, did, did you catch what they just said? These are the religious people going, you teach in the way of God according to the truth. While trying to trap him. And so then they ask the question. Should we pay taxes? Is it lawful to pay taxes? What do you think? And again the topic's pretty sensitive. Because it's a foreign government. But they have been experiencing some relative peace. It's known as the Pax Romana. Or the, the peace of Rome. Because Rome pretty much would let you do. Basically what you needed to do. And wanted to do. As long as you were in certain parameters. And, and so we don't want to mess that up either. But the people were not happy. Because several years ago, back in 6 AD, they passed what was known as a poll tax. Or they, they gave one out a poll tax. That's when they, they do a census of the people. And once they've done a count and a census of all the people, then they turn around and taxed you. You know, every individual, you had to pay a tax on every person. And they just hated that. And the zealots, for a while, they, they rose up and said, we're not paying it. That created a clash and some conflict. And, and so now they're coming up asking this question, and, and they think they've got him because, I mean, they're, 
there are Romans who are listening, and, and he better not say no. And, and then the crowds are listening going, he better not say yes. They think they've got him. Oh, this is brilliant. Religious people, political people, crowds are right there. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do? And they actually ask two questions. I think that's interesting. We read the Bible too fast sometimes because they actually ask two different questions. The first question is, is it lawful to pay the taxes? Is it legal? Should we? In that sense. Legally, are we bound? Are we bound? But then the second question is, and should we? You see, there, there's a difference between legal, something's legal, and something's ethical. I mean, there are a lot of things that are legal that in the Christian faith we consider immoral. And there are a lot of, there's a difference between is it lawful that we do this and as Christians, is it theologically appropriate that we do this? It, those are two different sets of questions. And they ask both because we want you. Is it legal? That's too easy. Should we? Should we? Trying to chat Jesus. Jesus knows their hypocrisy. I mean, I, I wish, I really wish that they had just wanted to know the answer to the question because I'd love to hear the answer to the question, especially today. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be neat if, we, if they'd have come up to Jesus and said, Jesus, we, and we've been wrestling, if they were sincere. And, and we've discussed this in our life group and I've discussed it with some of my friends and we've discussed it in our home and you know, we know that, that, that when we pay taxes, the Roman government, there's a lot of things that they're spending our money on that we just we can't get behind. So should we pay these taxes or should we not? I mean, what is, what's, a, what's a Christian supposed to do? I mean, we're really, we're really torn here. What do you think we should do? I'd love to have heard Jesus answer the question, but he knew that wasn't really the question. They didn't care on his answer. And so the scripture says, Mark tells us, recognizing their hypocrisy, Jesus said to them, why are you putting me to the test? Do you have a denarius on you? You know what I love? Is they're trying to trip Jesus up by saying, you shouldn't pay the Roman taxes. And Jesus goes, anybody got a coin? And they throw him a Roman denarius. <laughs> you know, here's the Roman coin. The religious people who are trying to trap him are actually carrying the Roman currency. I mean, it's amazing. And so Jesus holds it up and he goes, whose image is on it? Well, just like our currency today, the Roman currency typically had the image of an emperor or someone else on it. You know, our, ours does too. But this created a problem for the Jews. Because in Leviticus 19, verse 4, the scripture says, Do not turn to idols or make cast images for yourselves. And, and in Exodus 20, in the Ten Commandments, is you're not to have a graven image. That becomes an idol. It's why, remember when Jesus cleansed the temple, there were money changers in the temple? The fact that there were money changers was not the problem. The problem was they weren't doing a fair exchange of the value of a dollar for a dollar. Because what would happen is, is when people were coming in with Roman currency or currency from whatever nation it was that they were coming into the temple to worship, you couldn't make an offering in the temple of God with an idol. So you had to exchange the currency that had the idol on it or the image on it into the Jewish currency that did not have the idol. So now you see the dilemma. 
whose image is on here? Well, it's Caesar's. Okay? Jesus says, so give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Give to God that which is God's. And we're told they left utterly amazed. So they must have got what Jesus was really meaning. I mean, it, it wasn't that they simply left going, did he answer the question or did he not? Did, was that a yes or was that a no? What was that? But Jesus said, give to God that which is God's. So if the coin has the image of Caesar on it, what has the image of God on it? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, the Imago Dei, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So what Jesus does is he goes, you know, the question about paying taxes is not a, bad, not a bad question, but there's a bigger question. There's a more vital question. There's a more important question. There's a foundational question that needs to be asked even before that. And, and the point is, is did you give to God that which is God's? In other words, did you give yourselves to God? That's what the scripture's about. Now, we often will take this scripture and, and turn it to a variety of things and and, and the church has used it over the years. Sometimes we use it for stewardship. You know, give to God that which is God's. And give, uh, give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. And to God that which is God's. And we go, okay, so that's the 10%. That's the tithe. Have you tithed? Well, it's not really a stewardship sermon. That's not what it's about. We also take this scripture sometimes and we'll turn it to a, a church and state kind of thing. You know, I, how political should we get in the life of the church? And is there a separation of the church and the state? And, and can the preacher talk about this or should the preacher not? Preacher, don't bear too far left. And don't you dare go too far right. We're watching. You can't talk about that. Religion's religion and politics is politics. But don't mix the two up because I don't want to know. We were told in seminary, you want to make half your church mad? Just put a Democrat or a Republican sticker on your car. Half the people are mad at you to start with. Right there. I mean, we, we, how much are we going to talk about this? We, we can't talk about that. I mean, it's amazing. I wish I had a dollar for, in my ministry for every time I've had to deal with issues of church and state. I mean, it's constant. People asking all kinds of questions like, should we ever fly a national flag on the church campus because doesn't the kingdom of God for which the church represent transcend nationality? Wow, that is a great question. What do you think? Or, you know, what, what's interesting is when you fly the Christian flag and the American flag, which one gets the flag with a position of honor? Now, there's a tough one for you, isn't it? We, we have two flag poles. You know, if you go out toward the uh, academy over here right next to us at the Family Life Center, there are two poles that are set up. And that's because each day the children... And the academy do, will do the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag, they do the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible, and then they do the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag. So they do all three. And, and, and so, you know, the, the question was going to be, all right, how do we do this? And, and at one time there was only one pole, and, and then the question becomes, well, which flag goes on top? And people go, well, the American flag always goes on top because the American flag protocol says the American flag goes on top. Well, there you go, American flag goes on top. But look up the Christian flag protocol. You know what it says? Always goes on top. 
American flag says we don't bow to any other flag. Christian flag says don't bow to any other flag. Whoa, now I've got two flags. One pole. How do we do this? This is going to be a challenge. We've got to put the American flag on top. People will be upset. Okay, fine. So are we saying then to the world that if I had to choose between being an American and being a Christian, I would choose to be an American over being a Christian? Well, no. I would always choose to be a Christian over an American. So we're going to put the Christian flag on top? No, you can't do that. What are we going to do? You know what we did? Two poles. <laughs> but that created its own problem. We had the same issue in my last church. Because out in the cemetery beside the church, they wanted to put out the flags. Well, two poles. Problem. Flag on the right the flag of honor. Is that the American flag or is that the Christian flag? <laughs> How are we going to do that? I don't know. We'll get a committee together. <laughs> so you know what we did? We put the flags in the middle of something. That way there's not a left or a right. You know, and you go, I'm a Christian first. I want to be an American first. You know, I mean, that way you can just kind of, it's amazing. And Jesus is going, oh, yeah, yeah, my church. That's what my church is hung up on right now. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's what you're hung up on, paying taxes. I'll tell you what you need to be hung up on. Have you given to God that which is God's? See, that's the question. What does it mean for us to, to give our lives to God? What does it mean to give our hearts to God? What does it mean for us to give our family to God? To give our home to God? To give our work to God? That our being and our essence and our identity, who we are, is all about our relationship with God. I mean, the other questions are valid questions, good questions, questions the church should deal with and wrestle with. The Christian ethic, yes, the church needs to figure that out. But the ethic is based on the foundation. Jesus said, you know, the big question first is have you given to God that which is God? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reminded when, when, when Jesus was speaking to Peter after the resurrection. I mean, can you imagine Peter's got to be excited that Jesus is back and terrified that Jesus is back because the last thing he said in the presence of Jesus was, I don't know him. And then he said, I swear, I don't know him. And now Jesus says, can we talk? And Peter's going, and Jesus looks at him and says, I need to ask you a question. Do you love me? And immediately Peter goes, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Just like if I ask you, I'd say, you know, do you love God? You go, yes, I love God. That's why we're here today. It's because I love God. I mean, our, our very immediate nat natural answer is yes, you, yes. But then Jesus asks a second time. No, I mean, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, you know I love you. I mean, Peter knows that this is no longer a superficial question that's being asked, do you love me? This, I mean, Jesus is getting real here. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then Jesus asked a third time. Third time. And the scripture says that that kind of cut Peter to the heart, which was the intended target.
Do you really love me? Paul. Yes, Lord. Yes. I really love you. That's what Jesus is asking us. Have you really given to God that which is God's? Yeah. No, I mean, have you really given to God that which is God's? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've... No, I mean, have you really given to God that which is God's? So the other day, you know, we finished up our taxes and stuff, and all of our reports shot it off to the accountant. She takes a look at it. She sends us this note back, you know, got a few questions for you. You know, what about this? What about that? And, and we had been very clear with her in the past. You know, when you do our taxes... Do not cross the line. I'm a pastor. Can't afford to do that. Don't want to do that. Whatever you do, do not cross the line. But I want chalk dust on the line all over the tips of your toes. <laughs> I mean, I want you getting up there as close as you can get. Don't cross it, but you hug it. You know. And, and, and so we're, we, you know, we're talking about, you know, what does that mean? And what about this? And what about that? And, and then when we're done... You hit submit, and they're filed. And Jesus is asking the church today, and asking you today, are you ready to hit submit and give to God that which is God's? Are you ready today to hit submit? And give to God that which is God's. Will you pray with me? God, it's so easy for us to answer the questions. Do you love me? Sure we do. And it's easy for us to hear your answers. Give to God that which is God's. Sure we do. But then you really ask. Have you given to God that which is God's? Have we truly submitted our lives to you? Have we surrendered our hearts to you? Have we submitted our essence, our being to you? Is being Christian who we now are, not just what we do have we committed our families, our homes, our work, our lives, our play, everything to you? That's the question today. No wonder they left absolutely amazed. And we are too. For that is the powerful question. And God, we pray that each of us here will submit our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. We sing the